Welcome to the Creative Habits Podcast. My name is Wyatt Christman. I'll be your host. We're looking at creative habits. Is it the aha moment or is it the habit? On creative Habits Podcast, we've got Ed Ponderelli, painter from New Jersey. My name's Ed Ponderelli. And, uh, I'm talking about creativity with Wyatt. And uh, to begin with, uh, I take the same attitude that Norman Rockwell took about uh, his working procedure. And that is that I have to see what I draw and paint. And um, so that's my starting point. Okay, so can you kind of elaborate on that? Like, what do you mean by you have to see? uh... Well, um, when I say I have to see what I draw and paint, uh, I start by uh, observing nature, uh, the real world. And then um, I go from there. Uh, I'll do sketches, oil sketches or pencil sketches and also take photographs. But first, I think it's important to uh, draw and or paint in order to uh, develop a design composition. And uh, then I'll take photographs to supplement my drawings and paintings, my sketches. Uh, And then from there... Uh, I take all of this information, bring it into the studio, and uh, I begin by making a pencil sketch in the same proportion that my uh, final painting will be. And I probably would also make uh, a small uh, oil sketch, again, to the same proportion as my uh sketch, pencil sketch, and uh, this way I have uh, a clear idea in my mind of what I want for my final painting. And uh, then I, uh, then I'll kind of like line out uh, what I call uh, uh, construct lines, be able to get uh, proportions and placement on my canvas. And uh, then what I do is uh, I start painting. I work with thin paints, and uh, I like using oil paint uh, because uh, it allows me, more so than watercolor, to change my mind about things if I want to uh, during the process of painting. Uh, Let's see. So, so you're, uh, there's a, an importance, it seems like, uh, laid upon the outline or the general, pro- the proportions are very important. The proportions the- and placement, uh, uh, if you're doing, uh, a representational, uh, painting proportions and, uh, placement are probably the, uh, the most important considerations. 
then uh, you you uh, you look for some freedom to change that, uh, and you do that uh, with the type of medium that you use. So yeah, using watercolor, you the oil paint, so that you have the freedom to change your mind during the process. Yes, yeah. uh, it's like uh, there was a, a woman by the name of uh, Doris Duke who said, uh, you know, it's her prerogative to change her mind, and that's final. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, that's the way I feel about uh, my art. Uh, you know, it's my prerogative uh, to change my mind during the process of doing a final painting. I I may deviate or uh, from from the beginning uh, sketches and photographs that I took. Uh, the important thing is not to copy nature but to create a uh, artwork. And uh, so uh, that's what I try to do. What, what do you mean by uh, the importance of not copying nature, but, uh, you know, creating artwork? Can you expand upon that? Um, well, uh, you know, I there are artists who paint photorealistically, and uh, I don't paint like that. I... I paint in a uh, uh, a representational style, and uh, I depend on really uh, good drawing. But my feeling is that uh, when you uh, become uh, get too close to reality, your artwork loses its poetry, uh, and uh, that's part. Part of uh, what uh, painting is all about. It's poetry with paint. Poetry with paint. So you mean, uh, rather than just taking what's there, what? how do you um, go about taking nature and adding that poetry? What? What? Uh, what is that process for you? Well, it's, uh, for one thing, uh, I can't duplicate nature completely. Uh, you know, nature has so many values and colors that uh, uh, paint is uh, limiting. And in some ways, that's a good thing. Uh, because, uh, you know, you can, you can work within, you have to uh, know how to work within the limitations of the, uh, of the material you're using. And, uh, I use a, a palette which is uh, what's called a, a split primary palette, and it also happens to be, um, you know, split primary palette, and it uh, it uh, happens to uh, also have uh, you know it's uh, the basic colors of you might say the rainbow. It's uh, red, yellow, blue, and uh, but I use two versions. I use six uh, six pigments. Two of them are uh, a cool and a warm yellow, a cool and a warm red, a cool and a warm blue. Plus I use uh, a very old pigment uh, called burnt sienna, and I mix that with uh, ultramarine blue, which gives me a very close approximation to black. And uh, 
those two colors, uh, burnt sienna and uh, ultramarine blue, I can get all kinds of shades and uh, and uh, values of uh, of gray, warm grays and cool grays. And uh, grays are very important uh, in uh, a painting because uh, they make uh, some of the more vibrant colors that you use uh, stand out even more. So you're, you've deconstructed your palette. You've deconstructed uh, what you have available to you enough that you take the base uh, elements and mix them in a way that uh, you are able to take, let's say, gray and contrast. So you, you, you play them uh, upon each other so that they work together to produce your result. Yeah. Right? Uh, what's important is not to duplicate uh, totally the, the colors of nature or copy the colors of nature, but uh, to have a, a relationship of colors. So the colors have to relate in your painting to make a more co cohesive whole. Uh, so what are you working on recently? What, what have you worked on recently? Well, uh, most of what I do is uh, working uh, with landscapes. Yeah. And uh, I've also, I also like to, uh, because I... I find drawing to be so important. I also happen to like to work uh, on portraits because I find that portraits uh, demand more of my drawing skills than even uh, landscapes. So, uh, again, if you can't uh, if you can't draw, you can't paint. Uh, painting is actually drawing with paint. So. Uh, I find that uh, too many uh, too many of today's so-called artists, uh, especially abstract expressionists and uh, other modern artists, really can't draw. And uh, if you can't draw, uh, you're not an artist. You're not a, uh, a graphic artist anyway. And uh, uh, let's see. So, um, so you, uh, so drawing for you is that that uh, core element. Uh, drawing is fundamental. Fundamental. And completely fundamental. You've you've gotten those fundamentals down enough that you are able to now interject poetry into what you create. That's 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 the hope, uh, and a lot of times this poetry, uh, as in, uh, for instance, Norman Rockwell. Uh, you know, was uh, a storyteller with uh, his illustrations, his paintings. And uh, frankly, I think Norman Rockwell was on the level of uh, most any fine artist. What do you mean by storytelling? Can you elaborate upon that? Well, uh, he, would, he would set up a situation with people. Uh, sometimes it was, uh, most of the times it was something humorous. Like I recall one painting where uh, a man was sitting on a chair and, uh, you know, it was a, a courier and knife scene. And uh, next to him was, uh, you know, he had a dust broom and uh, he looked like he was working hard and he fell asleep. 
and uh, his wife came along, and uh, she had a fly swatter in her hand, and she saw a fly on his forehead. And uh, she uh, looked like she was about to swat the fly on his forehead. So that was a, a situation uh, set up uh, as something humorous. And uh, there were many uh, other paintings that Rockwell did uh, in that vein of thought. Another another genre might be uh, when someone uh, when an artist tries to create uh, a mood painting, uh, you know, uh, which might involve a certain kind of lighting, could be something very mysterious, uh, and it created uh, a mood, which uh, is also a valid uh, uh, way to paint a uh, do a painting. So that, that story is in the painting through the tension that is there and the humor within the uh, uh, moment that is captured. Yeah. And that the mood would be similar, only in a different direction. In a different direction than yeah. than uh, a storytelling mood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when you're out and you're trying to figure out, you know, what to uh, uh, capture for a painting... Uh, what inspires you to stop and say, this is where I'm going to paint, or this, where, this is what I'm going to capture and, and interject my poetry? But, uh... Well, uh, the first thing you probably would do is, again, it's a little like uh, fishing and hunting. Uh, and uh, most of the time you get skunked. Uh, so if you can get... Uh, one out of uh, 10 or 12 uh, uh, sketches and, and photographs uh, that could uh, eventually uh, become a painting, uh, you're doing well. Uh, most of the time, uh, you know, it's just a, you're, uh, it's an exercise in learning and uh, just being out there and enjoying the day uh, while you're, while you're uh, sketching. And uh, again, very few of those sketches turn out uh, are, are good enough to become paintings, final paintings. So you rely upon uh, uh, fishing. Then you're, you're you're out there, and you've you've come to uh, realize that you need to uh, expose yourself to a lot of different uh, uh, material or mediums or uh, areas to to come up with something good and 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 keep going at it but how do you know where to fish like what uh... well again it's much of it is just hit or miss uh you just have to walk around and uh, explore uh i call it uh, <clears throat> a sketching scouting outing and uh again it's um much of it is hit or miss very much like uh someone going out fishing or hunting. Most of the time, they, they come up with nothing. Uh, but uh, every time you go out, it's still a learning process, at least a learning process. So what keeps you going is that learning process. Like if you don't get anything, uh, then what makes you want to go out the next time? Uh, what makes me want to go out the next time is the hope of actually getting something that 
is good enough to become a final painting. What about long? What about those long periods where? Because let's say you go and you you find nothing, and and then you're inspired because you do find something. But what about those long periods where let's say you one after another, and and what makes you keep going? Because you keep you know let's say you're you're not getting that inspiration that you usually do. Well, uh, the inspiration doesn't always come from uh, the outer world that you see. Uh, sometimes the inspiration comes from artists from the past. Uh, again, drawing to me is uh, extremely important, fundamental. And uh, I happen to uh, look at the drawings of other artists, past uh, especially. I, I like uh, Rembrandt. I like... Uh, Leonardo, I I like uh, I like even some of uh, our American artists, uh, uh, Norman Rockwell and uh, Winslow Homer, and uh, John uh, Singer Sargent, and uh, I look at all of these uh, drawings, paintings, and uh, very often I uh, draw from uh, what they do, and. Uh, Frankly, uh, I think that's important. Uh, uh, people today regard that as copy. And uh, I take the same attitude that uh, uh, would be taken if, uh, say, a, a concert pianist uh, went to Carnegie Hall and, uh, and played... Uh, Know, Chopin or uh, or uh, Bach or uh, let's see uh, Mozart. Okay, if he got up and said, uh, "Well, I composed this. This is my piece of work," he would be booed out of Carnegie uh, Carnegie Hall. But if he just played it, and uh, after the audience uh, clapped, he just bowed and said. Uh, and gave tribute to uh, to Mozart or, or Chopin or, or Bach. Well, that's then that's okay, and uh, that's the same way I feel about uh, drawing. Uh, you know, I I draw to learn from these artists, and uh, it's also uh, kind of uh, for me art appreciation. Uh, I uh, I feel that uh, I can learn from the. Uh, the old masters, uh, as much as I can learn from nature, maybe even more. So you you delve back into the past to those masters and pay tribute within your own works, uh, both to pay tribute but also to get inspiration because those are the masters and yep. there's there's something to learn from. And it, there's a, a an awful lot to learn from them. So what? Uh, how do you in, incorporate that when? And a, a pianist is there, they're playing, they're obviously playing Bach. Um, but when you have your painting, you know, people recognize Bach. Uh, but but do you do an exact uh, representation or do you try to incorporate what you, you see within there? Uh, you know, so you take and do Norman Rockwell and incorporate that 
the similar sort of humor, but with your own spin? Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, uh, again, um, you know, if you're copying just, w or, uh, I don't like to use the word copy. I like to use the word drawing from or painting from, uh, these old masters, uh, you know, uh, you, you have to, uh, draw and paint from, uh, 50 old masters or 100 old masters. And uh, the thing is then uh, what happens is uh, it all comes together and uh, depending on, uh, you know, uh, your particular uh, character, you develop your own style. Uh, style is something that uh, you don't find your your style kind of finds you, uh, and it's it's based on uh, who you are, and uh, uh, your family, your your teachers that you've had, the books you've read, uh, the experiences that you've had, and uh, uh, the the artists from the past that uh, have inspired you, and uh, of course nature. Nature, yeah, comes comes back again. The real world. The real world, right. Um, so then, when do you work best? Or what, what, what are those creative habits that you kind of um, can lay your uh, uh, creativity around? Like when you, you know, when you paint. So how do you get in the mode? Or, or what, what do you, when do you work best? Uh, usually I, you know, I... I have to have uh, uh, start out with uh, a drawing or uh, you know uh, a sketch that I know can be turned into a good design. Okay, and uh, design is fundamental. I I think that uh, uh, composition, composition and design are uh, for me, uh, the important thing, uh, that's what, uh, kind of like, uh, that's what, uh, you know, I, I think will be noticed first by the viewer. Uh, I also don't use, uh, really, uh, heavy impasto pigmentation, uh, a la Vincent van Gogh, uh, because I think it's, uh, you know, it's uh, an affectation, a put-on, and uh, I want the viewer to have uh, a completely visual experience with my paintings. Uh, you know, I regard uh, really heavy paints as uh, kind of like uh, a, a pseudo-tactile uh, relief uh, sculpture, and uh, I think it uh, for my paintings it has no place. So you enjoy more subtle effects within what you create. Uh, yeah, w within uh, the limitations of the pigments I use, and uh, uh, also the um, the subjects I work from.
So the, the uh, using the other painting effect is too loud, let's say, for you, or, or it's, uh, it's relied upon too heavily as as an effect that will. It, it's it's uh, I think used as an effect uh, by uh, so-called artists who uh, think that uh, it will uh, kind of like uh, attract. Uh, the viewer, and I think it's just uh, uh, false, a phony kind of uh, phony kind of uh, gimmick. What, what, why is that? And do you ever? What, 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 why is that? First off, uh, again, you know, uh, it just uh, it. I don't think it has a. It's not a, a graphic experience. I think it's a more of a three-dimensional experience and painting is really about converting shapes into uh, forms. Uh, I, you know, I heard, had a definition of uh, art, which is that uh, painting uh, represents, uh, represents space, sculpture displaces space and architecture and closes space. And I think it should, uh, that's the way it should be kept. Uh, you know, I don't think one should encroach upon the other. Right, right. Do you ever try, even though it's not a part of your usual uh, palette, let's say, do you ever try that effect just or fun, or to deviate from your norm. Well, if uh, if it doesn't contribute to the visual experience, uh, I don't uh, try to use heavy impasto paint. Uh, if it contributes to the visual experience, and most of the time it's sort of like towards the end of the painting, in uh, the lighter pigments where you uh, might put on. Uh, a heavier application of, of paint, but uh, I don't uh, seldom do that. So the the as long you, you might use it at the end, as long as the core is there, you might use it as an after effect or, a, or a, a, in part of, of what as an, created. Yeah, as an after effect. But again, uh, I uh, I don't do it uh, in order to just uh, attract attention. Right. Right. Uh, I, f I feel, yeah, I feel it's an overkill. And uh, uh, I feel that, uh, again, composition design, uh, you know, proportion and uh, placement are fundamental to uh, a good painting, along with, uh, along with, uh, Excellent drawing, you know, um, solid uh, representational drawing. And so, what keeps you sharp? Like, what keeps you? Um... What keeps me sharp is to uh, a lot of times. Uh, again, uh, when I'm doing a, a sketch outside, uh, most of the time you get skunked. Uh, so, what keeps me sharp really is uh, uh, just like. Uh, uh, 
pianist who has to practice at the piano all the time, I, I do a lot of drawing. And a lot of times I draw simply from the old masters. Uh, it keeps me sharp. It keeps me uh, interested in, uh, in drawing. And, uh, and it keeps me interested in art and art appreciation. So there's this journey that uh, it's called the hero's journey, and usually movies are based on it. That the uh, hero is reluctantly, you know, they, they live in a spot and they're reluctantly uh, drawn into another uh, place, and in that other place they go through a journey, uh, but they uh, they experience something that uh, uh, realizations uh, that help them solve problems that they had before. They come back to uh, the place they were mm-hmm. and, uh, and are, are able to solve the problems, uh, uh, they had. So is there any journey you can think of, uh, with your own, uh, art that, that, that uh, is similar? Well, um, the journey begins, say, if I'm doing a drawing or, uh, or sketch and, uh, I begin to see things. Uh, possibilities with that, uh, say, sketch. And uh, then when I take it into the studio, the journey continues on the final uh, canvas. And again, uh, it's not just uh, a process of duplicating, copying nature. Uh, Something of myself gets put into it. Um, You know, I have to make decisions. And uh, there's a a dialogue that's set up between uh, the painting I'm working on and myself. And after a while, uh, I stop looking at my my sketches and my photographs, and it's the painting that is speaking back to me and telling me what it wants. So uh, later on... um, as I'm working, uh, I no longer have to refer to the the, uh, the, uh, the oil sketch or the photographs. Uh, I just have a dialogue with the painting itself, mm. with my final painting. Yeah, and and how do you know when you're done with that dialogue? Well, uh, <clears throat> you don't really know when you're. Uh, done. Um, Da Vinci once said that uh, a painting is never finished. It is simply abandoned. And uh, you just, uh, you can overdo a painting and spoil it. So it's better to uh, underdo than overdo. So you can overdo a painting and spoil it. Uh, And so... What helps you um, or pre- prevents you from doing that? What what uh, helps you recognize the moment before you spoil? Uh, no, that's a good question. Uh, well, once I have uh, everything in place, uh, the, uh, the composition, uh, I look at... Uh, I look at my proportions, my placement. I look at uh, the values. 
uh, and uh, the texture. And uh, I don't actually create texture with uh, with thick impasto paint. I imply texture or or uh, everything is uh, more or less in a painting uh, implied. And uh, the the very last thing I look at is uh, is color. Does the color harmonize? Is uh, the color uh, cohesive uh, and uh, uh, unifies the whole painting? And uh, do the colors relate to one another? Uh, and uh, once all of that is, uh, I feel is, uh, I can't. Uh, do any more in any of those areas, then I stop. Now, do you sometimes abandon paintings uh, uh, because you want to move on to something else? You you may not know if you're finished or not, but you you decide that you, you just get inspired by something else. And do you does that happen? And then do you uh, ever come back to those and and get re inspired and finish or? Well, uh, sometimes when I do uh, go outside and do an oil sketch and I bring it inside and uh, I'm working uh, on a larger finished canvas, um, occasionally uh, uh, the smaller sketch doesn't translate for me into the larger finished painting. Uh, simply because, uh, you know, uh, two or three strokes of, uh, the brush on a, a small canvas, uh, may require 15 or 20 or 30 brush strokes on a large canvas. And, uh, sometimes a small canvas, uh, is, uh, turns out so well I simply can't duplicate it on a larger format and I have to stop and just let it go, abandon it. Is that hard to do or you, you just... Uh, well, you just have to be philosophical about it <laughs> and accept it. Uh, what do you mean by that? Just Well, uh, again, you realize that... Uh, the sketch or, or drawing uh, has so much uh, spontaneity and freedom in, in it that it just can't be translated to a, a larger format. Yeah. All right. Okay. A anything you want to add about your creative habits? Or? Uh, no, that's about it. That's about it. Nice. Right. Well, thanks, Ed. Okay. That concludes our podcast here with Creative Habits. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned next week when we continue the exploration of Creative Habits.